Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for 2017. We're back. Woohoo! I'm Jason DeFilippo and I'm here with Brian Schulmeister. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. It was seven degrees here today. Brisk. I'm ready to go. Had about 18,000 cups of hot chocolate. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you like pussied out and skedaddled back to Southern California after being in Canada for a while. So you got to be nice and warm and relaxed and chill. It's actually been rainy and cold this whole week. Oh. Sucks. This is not what I live here for. <laughs> you live there for the Prius <laughs> and the, the beer, I know. Yes, yes. I almost got ran over by a white Prius yesterday, which I had a Masanto sticker on it. I, I, I hate saw, I saw your, 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 your post about that. That was pretty yes, funny. Yes, you hate Masanto and you also hate stop signs. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for that. Anyways, here we are. Let's let's get into it. We have a lot. So. Yes, uh, we have a, a metric sh- poop ton. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, it's a clean show. No, no. <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, okay. So quick note about CES. We are not. We're gonna. We have a few things about CES, but everybody on the planet's covering CES, so I think we just need to move on from even caring yeah. about CES because we usually only cover things that are actual and and not theoretical. I, I, I don't like talking about vaporware, and I don't like talking about the bullshit that people are doing just to get press. So, and this is why we generally don't talk about Apple. There you go. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh. Quick show note, though. Speaking of, I saw a, a Facebook post that you made over the holidays, Jason. Which one did I make? I, you said something about having your Apple Watch back on. And I said, I quote, when you said that you were putting it away and never using it again, I said, you'll have it back on within a month. And you said, fuck you, Brian. You're wrong. Bullshit. You posted that you were wearing it again. Yep. Yep. I've actually got that. We'll, we'll cover that in uh, in our in our apps and gadgets <laughs> section. Here's okay. here, the, the the reason was I got oh, rid of my justification, Fitbit. Justification, justification. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I'll call it spade a spade on that one. I gave away my Fitbit, but I couldn't give away my Apple Watch. Nobody wanted it, and I'm like, oh well, what if I turn off all the notifications and just throw it back on? Because I gained seven pounds after I got rid of my Fitbit. Nah, because it turns right. out quantification actually matters. At least for you, it does. It does for me. I live right. alone, man. I don't have anybody telling me what to do. And if I if I don't have something saying, get the hell out of the house, it's winter. I can't walk Bam Bam, drink. And what am I going to do? So I need something to say, hey, it's time to get your fat ass off the couch and walk up and down some stairs. All right. I'm just saying I'm right. You are right on this one. You're absolutely right on this one. Okay. There you go. So shut the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> All right, Alexa. Jeez. <laughs> so... Uh, when you, uh, this has gone completely viral and I put it in the show notes just because I wanted it in the show notes. It's the little kid talking to his Alexa and gets the, the, the porn rundown. Yes. Have you tried this with your Alexa? I can't even tell uh, what the kid says, so it's hard to, no, I don't know what the kid says. And I, I, you know, I've got other things to do with my Alexa. Like, well, well I'll get into that in the software apps <laughs> and gadget segment as well. Okay. Uh, so no, I didn't. Um, uh, you still get Sean Bonner's newsletter, friend of the show, Sean Bonner. Of course I do. I actually just bought his new book on uh, Kickstarter. Ah, you're one of the ones that purchased it. Well done. So they they are actually moving to Tokyo. I don't know if you heard about that. So. Yeah, I'm so jealous. But I yeah, did. I did. Cool. Uh, I did impart some uh, wisdom to him to go get one of those Rico Theta S's. So right. for if you're living in Tokyo or if you're going anywhere that's got cool stuff, get one of those Rico Theta S's. Hold it over your head and just get. You can get 3D snapshots of everything and just throw them in a folder. And later on down the line, it's just like a great memory tool. So he ordered one of those. I can't wait to see what he's posting from that. 
Very cool. Well, his uh, newsletter started off with a bang in 2017. So if you thought you were going to be happy, I just want to read a segment that I that I took from him because I love this one. This is um, a segment that sounds like the whole newsletter. <laughs> no, it's actually only one paragraph. <laughs> OK, I'm going to go go get a snack while you read this. Go for it. OK. Are you a millennial? Are you on more than two social networks? Chances are you are depressed, especially if you live outside the U.S. and decide to visit since U.S. border folks now want you to hand over all your social media info. Though if you are on Facebook, the government already has all your info. Oh, wait, Facebook knows all about you even if you aren't on there. But honestly, with Uber employees spying on people and this prosecutor who forged judges' signatures so she could wiretap a love interest and colleague rival for a year, so it doesn't even matter what you think you are keeping private. And your Amazon Echo is recording everything in your house and cops are now trying to get access to those recordings. Alternatively, traffic is fake, audience numbers are garbage, and nobody knows how many people see anything on the web. But we're post-truth now anyways, so what does it matter? America's largest police union cried fake news over legitimate media coverage and seasoned, respected, award-winning journalists are now saying the Wall Street Journal is running fake news, so fake news is no longer things that are fake and is now just things you don't like. And a full half of Trump supporters believe Pizzagate is real. We don't have a fake news problem. What we have is a stupid Stupid people problem. Thank you, Sean, for putting our show into a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Yep, there you go. So there's a link to Sean Bonner's newsletter in the show notes. I highly recommend signing up for it. Uh, it's it's always fun. He always has good links that we usually steal for the show. Uh, yep. And this one has like eight thousand links, some of which we have covered on previous shows, and some are new. So I recommend just going to get the newsletter because I'm not going to spend four hours putting them in the show notes. There you go. Uh, the one thing about the Amazon Echo and the police uh, scandal that's going on, mm-hmm. the Amazon Echo only does have a 60-second onboard buffer, so it does not record everything, So, and it does not send all of that to Amazon. It waits for the trigger words, but the 60-second buffer is so it can just kind of, it, it's kind of like a RAM buffer and just keeps overwriting itself. Yep, in theory. Well, no, people have checked it with the network connections. You get a copy of Wireshark, and you can kind of check that out. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, I found a great video uh, from Simon Sinek, who uh, was yep. actually on The Art of Charm a, a long time ago. Uh, it's about millennials in the workplace. It's a fantastic video. I'm stealing Brian's fantastic for this one, uh, mm-hmm. where he just talks about what the state of affairs is for millennials and how screwed they are. And I thought it was a very well done video and a very well thought out point. All right. Did you watch I it? I listened to it. I, I did. Um, I didn't like him. I found him off-putting and kind of smarmy, but I, I agree with his points. Oh, I like him. I thought he was. I thought he was okay. Okay, he's a nice guy. So now let's get to Zwecken Fremdsgrundsverbot. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually is it Zwecken's Fremdungsverbot. That's that's closer. <laughs> that's closer. Yeah, I like it. Uh, this is uh, the term that Germany is rolling out to ban short-term uh, rentals from Airbnb. Good. So uh, don't expect to get a Airbnb in Berlin anytime soon. And if you do, it's probably going to be pricey. Actually, that is not entirely true. Um, Under the ban in effect since the 1st of May, people who let more than 50% of their apartment on a short-term basis without a permit from the city risk a fine. Landlords will still be able to let individual rooms as long as they use at least half of the apartment for themselves. Home exchange, where two parties agree to swap their apartments for a period of time, will also be unaffected by the ban. So basically, it's allowing Airbnb to do what it claimed to do when it launched, which is, hey, I've got a spare bed in my house. I'll put it up. You can still do that. What you can't do is buy 17 houses, rent them all fucking out all the time, and get around the fucking laws that are involved with hotels. You cannot so, be an Airbnb slumlord. 
Exactly. That is all that these laws do. They are not in any, and I hate the journalism on this because it makes it sound as if Airbnb is being impeded. No, the original concept of Airbnb still fucking stands. They're just <laughs> saying, be what you said you were going to do and don't cheat the system. Well, there you go. God damn it. Brian's Vekins about. <laughs> I'm with this Vekins about. <laughs> okay, quick follow up on our Uber story from last time, too. When uh, they were rolling out the self-driving cars in San Francisco, well, the California yep. DMV said, get the fuck out and, yep. and kicked them out, which is good, which is yes, good because you shouldn't be testing these in heavily populated urban areas oh, unless you have a license. Unless you have the license, which you apply. For. Oh, gee, wait, hold on. Another <laughs> Web 2.0 company saying fuck you to government and licensing. Shocking. <laughs> so uh, apparently uh, Governor Gary Ducey of Arizona, though, says, bring it on. We want you. Arizona welcomes Uber self-driving cars with open arms and wide open roads. While California puts the brakes on innovation and change with more bureaucracy and more regulation, Arizona is paving the way. Ah, nice. Uh, I see. I see what they're doing. See what, there see what she did there? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They're paving the way for new technology and new businesses. In 2015, I signed an executive order supporting the testing and operation of self-driving cars in Arizona with an emphasis on innovation, economic growth, and most importantly, public safety. This is about economic development. I thought you just said it was about public safety. Oh, okay. I'm confused. Yeah, whatever you say down there. Uh, but it's also okay. about changing the way we live and work. Arizona is proud to be open for business. California may not want you, but we do. Uh, see, the key part in that entire bullshit thing that they just stated was the wide open roads part. Because they've got them in Arizona. They do. So they by do. all means, test self-driving cars in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. Don't test them in the middle of downtown San Francisco. There are 14 people in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the, the chances of somebody getting run over by a self-driving car is astronomical. So let's uh, see and, how that you know, goes. <laughs> and before anybody gets upset, if you live in Arizona, I love Arizona. I love Phoenix. I've been there many, many times. The busiest street in Phoenix doesn't hold a candle to anywhere in San Francisco. Yeah, no, San Francisco is <laughs> is it, it is packed with man poo and lots and lots of people. So yeah, go test them there. I don't care. Follow regular. Just, just so stupid. <laughs> in the news. We are both fans of Bruce Sterling on this show. Um, awesome sci-fi writer. Somewhat ironic that the only place that he publishes anything is on well.com from, you know, 2000. But uh, the, well was, uh, the well was around long before 2000. That's true. Well before that. Anyways, he <laughs> See did, what you did there well before that. Oh, well, yes. Uh, he put a big post up about the five, the big five tech giants in 2017. I'm going to we'll have the whole thing because it's a screenshot in our show notes because you can't get into well.com unless you're a member. Um, but and I'll do the TLDR one. Uh, Google moonshots. I'll miss the moon. Apple. Uh, rich guys, rose gold wrist toy, Facebook, best <laughs> friends with Nazis, uh, Microsoft office supply company, Amazon, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> okay. Didn't see that one coming. Me either. <laughs> Cause I thought Microsoft's been doing pretty good lately. <laughs> I thought so too. And we'll talk about that later in our new segment. <laughs> now I feel screwed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, oh, Bruce, I love Bruce. He's he's a, he's a character. I wish I would have gotten to go to one of his South by Southwest parties back in the day when it wasn't seven million people at South by. <laughs> but uh, so uh, the French. Let's talk about the yes. French for about two seconds. Oh, we we avant garde. 
The French have decided to say uh, it's not cool to check your email after working hours if you have a company with more than 50 employees. Um, and it's, it's you know, kind of still uh, optional because the companies right. have to drop the policies and all that stuff. But it's a right. it's a move in the right direction to make people shut the fuck up after six o'clock. I agree. I think, it, you know, every study comes out that says this 24-7 cycle that we're all starting to be under is killing us. It's making us less productive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's let's start addressing it. So look at the French. <laughs> good, good on you. <laughs> have, have we said never before on Grumpy Old Geeks? <laughs> the French blazing the tra- blazing the trail, blazing the trail of not working. That's what they do. OK, um, yeah. Uh, fortunately, we don't have that many French listeners, so we may have pissed off two people. We're good there. Okay. Um, I think we probably would have pissed them off with a wah Oh, oui, oui. So uh, this is an awesome article from Reason.com uh, titled, A Stronger Economy Will Also Destroy Jobs, But It's Necessary. And this comes back to many things that we've talked about on the show with the the rise of technology and people bitching and moaning about not having any more jobs and Blah, blah, blah. Yep. So the uh, the real what it really comes down to is, yeah, this has happened before. This will all happen again. <laughs> Get used to it and start shucking and jiving and find a new job. And the I, the one thing at the end here that I really like is like the next administration may or may not succeed in speeding up economic growth or restoring jobs in old industries, but it can't succeed at both. To pretend otherwise is to write a check that can't be cashed. And this comes back to either you need to find new jobs for people or you need to stop, you know, technological growth, which is never going to happen. Agreed. And uh, I don't have any argument with this article whatsoever, except it's really just illustrating the problem and not positing any solutions. Pretty much like our show. Exactly. Moving on. Yep. So uh, a bunch of people that don't have jobs anymore. People yeah, that this, is, this one's a sad one. Sorry, guys. Medium. Medium. Well, sorry. We've been telling them that the that we've been screaming about how they have no business model since day one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, maybe, we have. maybe, maybe you shouldn't be working at a company that has zero business model. You know what they had? They had founders with deep pockets who have now changed their tune and said, Oh, you know what? The thing that we were going to do doesn't really work and it's toxic and it is ruining the wet, ruining the web. Yeah. We knew uh, that Ev. We knew that a long know, time ago. Uh, yeah. We totally knew that. Have uh, you ever looked I, at blogger uh, Ev, you know, that other beast you created that was the, Basically, the means for AdSense to come out and get into our veins for per-click advertising. You started this shit, Ev. So now <laughs> bitching about it, you know, does not fix the problem. So I, I have no tears for you, Evan Williams, because you are the one of the people that started this shit show. Yeah, that was going to be my point before Jason just, you know, basically said it very angrily uh which is that you know <laughs> he's he is partially responsible for the ad driven online media broken system that he said just ruined his company so yeah yeah in the company that he started on the billions of dollars he got from google for uh, his uh his blogger empire mm-hmm. so so th- thanks a lot for that yeah uh, it's come out that a Snapchat ex-employee is claiming that the company has faked their growth and their stats what? to boost their value for their IPO. Wait, hold on. Is somewhere in social media has fake statistics? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anthony Pompliano uh, was uh, he was the head of the growth team and was <laughs> brought on to actually steal people from Facebook. So, uh, 
it, it's interesting that uh, he when he came on and they said, uh, we need you to uh, cook the books, he says, no. <laughs> no, and, I'm not going to cook the books. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to cook the books. And as somebody who has been in this position before and has cooked the books for another company that got sold uh, and didn't get a dime from it, God damn it, um, <laughs> it does, this does happen. This happens all the time. Yes, of course it does. I, the, all, all of these things are, it's all built on lies, people. Lies. It is. It is a foundation of lies, and it, stats mean nothing. Remember back in the old day when we used to count hits versus views? Yep. So you would you would put extra GIFs, and it's GIF with a G, on your page yes. so you could have extra hits because nobody yes. understood the difference between a view and a hit. Uh, we did, but the unwashed masses didn't. So if you had yes. a million hits and 3,000 people, didn't really matter. Well, the washes are all... <laughs> the washes, the, the masses are all washed up now. They're all wearing suits and they're all getting billion dollar IPOs based on the same bullshit and they still don't understand it. Go back to Sean Bonner's ranch from the beginning of the show, right in the middle with links. Alternatively, traf alternatively traffic is fake. Audience numbers are garbage and nobody knows how many people see anything on the web. True, true and true. Yeah. And this was true in 1996. So exactly. it's just as it now there's just more money behind it. <laughs> yep. More money behind faking it all. So Anthony Pompliano, I salute you. We salute you. Apple says that January 1st was the most lucrative day in App Store history. So a bunch of hungover people went and got Mario, apparently. $240 million <laughs> worth of apps were sold in one day, which is just that's, redonkulous. That's a lot, but not surprising. A bunch of drunk people sitting on the couch with a hangover. What's surprising? I did just use the word redonkulous and you didn't call me out for it. <sighs> it's a new year, Jason. I give you a certain allotment of stupidity. Uh, you, you so cray-cray. I know. That's two. <laughs> that's two down. I got a chalkboard right here. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Three. <laughs> okay. Trust says he doesn't trust computers. Yes. Uh I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this one to you because you're you are you are 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 basically uh in house Trump cr critic. So what do you have to I'm say about this? I'll just quote him. I know a lot about hacking, and hacking is a very hard thing to prove, so it could be somebody else, he said. He added cryptically that he also knows Things that other people don't know, so they cannot be sure of the situation. And then he also did promise to tell us a couple days later what those things were that he knew that other people don't know, but he obviously hasn't told us because he doesn't know shit. Uh, this is, yes, yeah, so, so there you go. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we're back to self-driving cars because CES, oh, CES is in the news. Mm -hmm. um, Brian Solis has an interesting uh, state of the union on self-driving cars on tech.co. Highly yep. recommend reading it because um, it just it goes through all of the different companies that are in the space, you know, and mm -hmm. just kind of he's, he's just kind of an out. He's a tech journalist who is giving you basically a breakdown by breakdown of where everybody's at, what they're doing and where they're where it's going. Yep. It's a good read. So awesome. Uh, Slate, who is, yep. who is your go to uh, journalism outlet? Decent journalism. Wrote one of the most ridiculous. Ridiculous stories I've ever read. <laughs> I saw this story and I was going to put it in the show notes and you beat me to it. And this is horrible. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Self-driving cars will make organ shortages even worse. Yes, that's what that's what we should be focusing on and worried about right now. Slate. Thanks a lot. Let's stop killing people, you know, for no reason, just so we can save some other people who have broken bodies. OK, um, 
I will say, in defense of Slate, that both Ian Adams and Ann Hobson, the authors of this article, this is the only article they've ever had on Slate, and hopefully the last the article last, either yeah. of them will ever have on Slate. <laughs> I have seen so much blowback from this article, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's uh, First off, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, actually, let's just leave it at first off. There's no. Well, here's the thing. This is no. This is a great subplot for a sci-fi book. Honestly, it's a great subplot for a sci-fi book for for you know organ harvesters of the future or how to grow organs on pigs' heads. You know, like they're doing now. <laughs> but yeah. um, just a it it is clickbaity. It is one of the worst titles I've ever read. But my God. <laughs> It's just the, yeah. the thing goes on and on and on. It is not oh, a yeah. short article. They put some thought into this. They really did. They thought about how to suck organs out of people and make sure that we don't have this problem when people stop dying. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, it, go, go have it. Just go read it. It's a, it's a fun read. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Toyota Research Institute CEO says, we're not even close. Guys, we're not even close. It's a wonderful, wonderful goal, but none of us in the automobile or technology industry are close, says Gil Pratt, Toyota Research Institute CEO. It's going to take many years of machine learning and many more miles than anyone has logged to achieve level five autonomy, which is what the, that is what the self-driving car standard is what everybody's going for. I'm getting increasingly confused by the journalism in the self-driving car section because first one article says they're here now. Another article says it's going to be 20 years. Then another article says, oh, well, Uber's doing it now in Arizona. Then another article says, no, nope, we're not even close. Not going to happen anytime soon. Which is it? So here, this, the reason I put this in here is because you, this is like a, a diet book. The <laughs> self-driving cars have become the nutrition uh, journalism of the, the 2010s. Because before it's like, fat will kill you, fat's good for you, carbs will kill you, carbs are good for you. Right now, it's just like, here's the deal. We'll get there when we get there. So just shut the fuck up already. <laughs> now, see, it's, the thought that came to me about this is it felt to me like a VR versus AR thing that's happening with, with the cars. Like the fully self-driving cars, the fully realized, that's the VR, which is ages off still. But everybody is still talking about this because we do have viable augmented driving that's currently happening right now. So yes, yes, that's that's where I'm at with this. And and maybe we need to start using some sort of different terminology like machine learning versus AI. Um <laughs> That to differentiate the two different things, instead of just saying autonomous cars, there could be an AR version and then the full autonomy version. Augmented because, vehicles uh, is what we have yeah. right now. We have augmented uh, yes. vehicles, which we've had for a long time. We've had lane change, you know. Yes. Uh, so things let's like that. Not, let's stop being lazy journalists and let's actually use different terms to differentiate these but things. Brian, that's not going to get people to click on the links. That's not going to get their their two cents a two cents of view. AR will not will not do anything for organ shortages. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe my AR can look into your tummy and tell tell me that your liver is toast because you've been to Finn McCool's too many times. <laughs> I don't need an AR for that. That's true about that. Uh, but part of this was uh, the Tesla that predicted the car crash and uh, hit the emergency brakes video that's been making the rounds, which was pretty impressive, I got to say. Yeah. So definitely go check out this video. It, unfortunately, it's on Mashable, and I couldn't embed it in our show notes, so you have to go to Mashable. And uh, I apologize for that, but uh, turn on your ad blockers, because otherwise you're in for a car crash of your own. <laughs> oh, God, their, their site is so terrible. All these sites it, are terrible. Yeah, well, that's uh, thanks. Thanks again, Ev. Yeah, thank you, Ev. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> uh, even though it's a side effect. It, it's, it's lovely that the internet is completely unusable, and yet nobody is making any money either. That's awesome. That is awesome. 
<laughs> it's funny that we started out this show with how to make money on the internet and uh yeah still haven't figured that one out 191 in we're still working yep. on it still working on it it's in the back burner guys uh mit has done a study that says 3,000 ride-sharing cars could replace every cab in new york city if you did the math right very okay. interesting um and never gonna happen nope but <laughs> it's it's one of the it's a thought piece uh, from MIT, and you know, every now and again, they come out with something that can get uh, maybe maybe the people at uh, Uber will take this and use that in a court, uh, you know, setting to get around some local regulations to put more taxis out of business, and maybe this will be the way it goes. But I don't I know. doubt it. I don't. I doubt it either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, remember when I got my first Alexa or I my do. first Echo? I'm sorry, yes. Echo. And I, I told you that. I'd be in my kitchen, I'd tell my Echo something, and then I'd get in my car, and then I would talk to my car and say, you know, play face-to-face. -face. And, and the car and, would... And, I, and I'm the one who drinks too much, apparently. I, well, you know, you just get that. <laughs> hey, look, have you... Now, now, be honest here. Have you ever walked out of your house, and instead of putting your key in the lock, you actually pulled up your key fob for your car and tried to lock your house with it? No. Well, I have. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've tried to lock my house with my key fob as I go to my car. So I did try to talk to my car after I've played with my Echo. Uh, but Ford is going to start bringing uh, the Echo into the cars with their uh, with the next generation of their sync technology, which is I, fine I by like me. It, I'd love it. I would like it not to be for the next few generations of the Echo technology, personally, because uh, it's not quite there yet. I'm not sure if I want it in the car. Um, I've embedded a very funny video to explain why. I wouldn't want this Amazon Echo dad guy. Oh god, that was, so car. that was so good. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, that one would... is uh, that one's very not safe for work. So don't play it if your boss is around. <laughs> Much like this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I have I have two commands that I actually say to my Echo every day, which is uh, play K Rock. I'm sorry, play K R O Q because it cannot understand K Rock, even though it says yeah. playing K Rock. Play K. Yes. Oh, actually, three. Okay, play K R O Q. Play KROQ2 and yep. play WGN. That's All it right. now. Because Pandora, I've given up my Pandora premium subscription because $60 a year is a little too much for not having uh, commercials. And they've, gotcha. they've been going downhill with their algorithms big time. Yeah. Good times. Well, mm -hmm. let's we've we've talked a lot about. Uh, well, we we hit our Airbnb, and now we've done our Uber, and we've done our self driving cars. So let's hit our <laughs> other big one that we we have to touch on every episode: drones. Except this is a gigantic drone that looks like something out of Star Wars that would carry uh, stormtroopers to come kill you. Um, and of course, it's by the Israelis. Israeli aeronautics firm uh, Urban Aeronautics has announced to the press that it's. Cormorant drone, named after the aquatic bird, has successfully passed another milestone, flying itself over uneven terrain. The company reports that this gigantic drone can, can, it can carry over 500 kilogram load a distance of 30 miles while traveling at speeds of up to 185 kilometers per hour and at altitudes of up to 1,800 feet. It is pretty badass, and it well, scares the crap out of me. The funny thing about it is I watched, I watched the video on this, this news piece, and the thing looks about as stable as one of the planes from Thunderbirds back in the day. <laughs> It cannot. It's just like all over the place. I'm like, I'm not getting in that thing. And especially yeah. $14 million a piece. You'd think you'd have a little bit more stability on it. If they can make my little DJI drone, like, you know, <laughs> hover perfectly, you'd think this thing would be able to. But uh, apparently not. I guess chaos theory comes into into <laughs> it. But uh, 
No, it is scary. And they, they should really not paint it black because it definitely looks ominous. It, it looks very well. What are they going to do? Paint it pink? Maybe. That actually be kind of cool. Hello, hello drone. Uh, hello, kitty. Be, hello, hello kitty. Hello kitty version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so have you heard of Gunter Ottinger? I have not, but I think he's going to ruin the entire world. Uh, it seems like it. Uh, he is leaving the uh, EU's top internet, or he's the he is the EU's top internet policymaker, and right. um, I don't know how he got this job because he's he does not seem to understand how the internet works. Yes, he's the di- digital commissioner and is trying to throw a grenade in the EU's uh, internet policy, basically saying that if you put a link to a journalism blog or anything like that. If you don't have rights to do that without paying the paper that you're taking the link from, he's making it basically illegal to link to anybody, which Mm -hmm. is so I'm going to use the R word. I'm I'm, going to use the FR word. It's fucking retarded. Sorry. But go look at this list. This is 10 everyday things on the Web that the EU commissioner wants to make it legal. Ottinger's legacy. And you'll just scratch your head saying, how can somebody get into office with so few skills and such a lack of clue. And then I as saying as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, I live in the United States. I should know exactly how that happens. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> is it really that much of a mystery anymore? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, if you read through this list, your mind will spin. It's pretty insane. Um and a lot of them then- a lot of them are the same actual rules, but just you know, on different use cases of on how yeah. we can get screwed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, CNN did a report on the Russian hacking. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to use your little screen grabs and screenshots when you do these sorts of things. And people at Reddit went into an uproar because apparently somebody over at CNN basically used a screenshot from the game Fallout 4. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares, right? I, I would say who cares. It, it's yeah, just- I don't give a crap. Apparently they went crazy. Um, but as is pointed out in a, another article over at Slate, uh, why CNN use images from a video game to illustrate a story on hacking, there aren't really that many interesting images for hacking. You either use that or a scene from The Matrix, use some neon green letters. There a you dude go. in a hoodie. Yep. Basically, it's, it's generally yeah. a dude in a hoodie. A dude in a hoodie, Mr. Robot kind of stuff. There you go. Mark so Zuckerberg. Yeah. And don't we have bigger <laughs> problems, Reddit? Uh, well, we do have bigger problems, which we will actually talk about a little bit later. But uh, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Hang on, sorry. No problem. <clears throat> <clears throat> now we talk about Elon. El- now we talk Elon. about Elon Musk every now and again on this show, <laughs> and I think Elon now has tunnel vision. I came up with that one myself because Elon Musk now wants to do tunnel boring under major cities to alleviate road congestion. And he's coming up with a new machine to do uh, to do boring, even though it could tunnel (laughs) tunnel vision bit was funny, but is not as funny as Musk's himself. Musk's boring plan and calling the company (laughs) the boring company. Yeah. No, uh, this, 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 in so many ways, this just doesn't feel real. I feel like this might be fake news. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if he's just messing with us, if he's trolling us a bit. But he seems to be relatively serious about this one. And if you know, you know what? I'll invest in it. How much how much <laughs> money you want to bet that the Hyperloop was just a it was a MacGuffin to get people to just go do something else and leave him alone? <laughs> it could be. But I did see that the Hyperloop is actually doing their first official test in two weeks. So uh, they've uh, already we'll done some tests. That. They've done they've well, done some propulsion tests. They're doing like a big scale one in in uh, Nevada somewhere. But so. I thought they were moving to Dubai. I don't know. I don't work there. 
I just invest in them. Security? Ha! And we're back again with the crew and Mr. Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. And uh, let's talk security in this new year. All right. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy New Year. <sighs> yes. Are we going to talk <laughs> Star Wars first or what are we what are we doing here? Well, well we, know, I think we left off on saying that we were all about to go see it the last time we were talking. So we might as well mention it. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 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 I, I thought it was pretty, pretty awesome, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, uh, uh, for me, the best, it just felt like a Star Wars movie. You know, it, it fit within the universe. Um, and the way that it just, uh, spoiler alert, flowed right into episode four. I was just happy as could be about that. So <laughs> yeah, I was, I I was happy that there were going to be no sequels. That's what made me happy. <laughs> no sequels at all. And I did find, I was very interested in their security procedures uh, for the Death Star plans and the very large hard drives <laughs> that everything was stored on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, all in yeah. all, I thought it was uh, I thought it was picture perfect, and I loved how they pulled out the archive footage for the uh, the battle scenes. That was good. They mm-hmm. they did a few too many callbacks for my taste, but uh, oh, just, come on, just the Star kitschy Wars. ones. Yeah, I mean they were funny. They were cute. I'm I'm not one of those you know uh, <laughs> Star Wars stormtrooper Nazis who I'll be just like, oh, that's just not in the canon, so I can't have it. I can't have nice right. things. I, right. I thought it was fun. I, I walked in with a smile. I walked out with a smile. I thought I it was too. <laughs> the only thing that rankled yep. a little bit was the CGI for Tarkin and relying on him a little bit too much. I think they might have wanted to. They could have probably done a little bit less with him so that we weren't thrown so much. But other than well, that, I'll, no complaints. I'll, I, I don't disagree with you. I will tell you that I've, I, I've seen it twice. And on the second viewing, um, it, Tarkin seemed much more uh, natural to me. For some reason... I, I don't know if I just got over the fact that, you know, he was generated the way that he was, but there were several scenes where he just looked dead on accurate, uh, like, right. like spookily so. Um, and I didn't feel that the first time I saw it. So I'm interested if you do check it out a second time, if you're, if you feel the same way that I did, even, um, even the, uh, the appearance at the end of Princess Leia, same thing. It, it felt a lot better the second time seeing it interesting yeah and i also yeah. had uh, unfortunately i saw it in 3d because i didn't have a choice and i'm not a fan but i did speak <laughs> to somebody who saw it in both 3d and then in regular and he said that the effect is way more pronounced in 3d so it actually comes huh. off better in, in kind of your standard look so okay. I, I can't wait to see it again that way because i saw it yeah. i saw it in 3d and i was i was fine with it i had no problems i thought i mean at, at the beginning i'm like damn they got a dead ringer for him and, you know, yeah. it took me a little while to really kind of see. I'm just like, OK, yeah, he's CG, but this is the best character CG I've ever seen. You know, All right. yeah, I, it did not bother me uh, in the least. Even even Leia didn't bother me. I had no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. He and knew I knew it was I coming. Just, so <laughs> I, I just love the way that, you know, I knew it was going. There were strong rumors that it was going to lead right into episode four. But boy, did it lead right into episode four. Yeah, pretty <laughs> <Yes>. much. <laughs> Yeah, that that was pretty, that so, that did surprise me, and I enjoyed it greatly. So all yeah, around, yeah. great, great, great movie. Yep. Yeah, I yep. think the, the, right. you, you had basically time for a pee break between the, when Rogue One ended <laughs> and Episode Four began. That was about it. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. All right. So shall we talk about some security then today? Indeed. <laughs> Besides the, uh, the, the security of the Death Star, uh, <laughs> lack security when it comes to uh, their their uh, their archives. Um, <clears throat> so while we were gone. And we've been gone a while. 
Uh, one of the biggest stories was about um, this uh, alleged hack of the Burlington uh, electrical grid, uh, which turned out to be not a hack of the Burlington electrical grid. Uh, story came out um, uh, two days uh, before New Year's holiday weekend. Um, the uh, the uh, Department of Homeland Security shared a lot of uh, details about um, some of the tools that they say were used by Russian intelligence services. Um, and so they, they sent out a bunch of these um, IOCs, those are indicators of compromise, um, to all of the uh, people that they send those things out to, and that includes electrical utilities, people like that. And um, so the, uh, the Burlington Electric uh, Utility Company, they um, dutifully loaded these IOCs into their systems. You know, basically these are, you know, malware signatures that, that you load in. And um, sure enough, one of their systems uh, came up as uh, basically pinging and saying, we've got a problem here. We may have a problem here. And, and this so is Burlington, because he hit a he hit a one of the ban or the uh, the IOC IPs, right? Correct. But, well, <laughs> this is because he checked his mail on Yahoo. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 is what he did. He checked his mail on Yahoo. And again, and important to note that this is not a a computer that was in any way connected to the grid. This was a you know a laptop that a worker happened to be using. So it, you know it may as well have been someone in in HR, for example. Um, and that's not to say that's not a problem. You know, a lot of way, a lot of times, that's how people get into a network. They'll start in a system that's not directly connected, and they'll weave their way through. Um, but in this case, uh, this gentleman checked his email. That uh, triggered an alert, and uh, Burlington Electric did what they're supposed to do. They got back to the Department of Homeland Security and said, um, "Hey, uh, we think we may have a problem here." Uh, then, uh, quick as a wink, the Washington Post came out with a story saying, um, the sky uh, is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, so, saying that the, so, uh, you know, the grid is hacked more of a journalism problem than a hacking problem. Well, it's, it's a well, yeah, certainly. Well, it, but uh, what's interesting is I think the really interesting part of this story is, is that who tipped off the Washington post? I was going to I was going to say that I'm like okay they sent a report to DHS and then the Washington Post is publishing a story hmm yep. me thinks you have a leak <laughs> Exactly so DHS tips off uh, Washington Post Washington Post fires off a, a breathless uh a report uh that uh, you know the grid is hacked by Russians um this is quickly uh, analyzed by people who actually know about cybersecurity and they say no uh <laughs> this is not what happened uh, and of course, the the people at the the good people at uh, the Vermont Electric Utility were were uh, sort of blindsided by this because DHS did not warn them that they would be tipping off anyone or that there would be any media reports about this. So, um, you know, they they've uh, sort of been the innocent bystanders in all of this. They did everything that they were supposed to do. Turns out, it was not um, uh, you know any any sort of uh, any sort of um, successful attack into the grid. The grid was not in any danger. Um, it was just a false positive. Um, now, this also leads us to the DHS Grizzly Step Report, which was released uh, when uh, Thursday, a week ago, I believe. Um, so this was the report that the the um, you know put out by the White House uh, about the um, link between the Russians and the DNC hack. Um, but it really is uh, light on content. You know, security. Um, 
Well, I'll give you a quote here from uh, Robert Graham from Errata Security. Uh, he said about the Grizzly Step report, uh, it's full of garbage. It contains signatures of viruses that are publicly available, used by hackers around the world, not just Russia. It contains a long list of IP addresses from perfectly normal services like Tor, Google, Dropbox, Yahoo, and so forth. Yes, hackers use Yahoo for phishing and malvertising. It doesn't mean every access of Yahoo is an indicator of compromise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I read this report, and I was just like, "Seriously, this is it? It was it was pathetic." Well, and and you know, people have come to their defense and have said, you know, they can't, they have to be careful, they can't tip their hat too much about, tip their hand rather, too much about, um, you know, what other ways they may actually know. And um, you yeah, know, but it was still it was still a sorry. really weak report. I mean, yeah, come absolutely. on. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. And and they've really been uh, they've really been raked over the coals by uh, people who know about these sorts of things uh, within you know the cybersecurity world. Um, so uh, you know the other interesting thing about this is when you, you sort of walk through it. You know, one of the uh, one of our analysts here at CyberWire said, um, you know, th there seems to be a little bit of a red scare going on right now. And so you know anything anything that could possibly be related to Russian hacking. Uh, gets the kind of attention that the Washington Post mistakenly gave it. And this is a problem because what it's doing is it's diluting the actual reports that everybody's waiting for about the DNC hacking. So this just right, makes yes. them look inept. Well, yeah, it's actually undermining President Obama's attempts to make the case that the Russians actually did what they are alleged to have done in the DNC hack. And of course, the the um, you know the intelligence community is pretty pretty uh, convinced that. Um, you know, what they say the Russians did, they did. So not a lot of winners in this one. And it's, it's, this still comes back to the Sony North Korea hack, because I still, you know, I still stand by the fact that that was bullshit. I know people inside Sony and they know they knew who did it. And then the Obama administration came out and said, no, it was North Korea when that was absolutely not true. They And Sony didn't want that to be out there. So, you know, I, it, well, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm just on the fence. I'm like, who the fuck can you trust now? This is, it's well, getting well, to the point where it's ridiculous. Who yeah. knew that uh, that we'd be agreeing with Donald Trump? He knows a lot about <laughs> hacking, and hacking is a very hard thing to prove. Oh, cyber. <laughs> cyber is hard, yes. <laughs> he yeah. did say so himself. No, I, I think it's a really good point, Jason. I mean, people are saying uh, we've been led down this path before with weapons of mass destruction. You know, I mean, trust us. There are weapons of mass destruction. And so, you know, trust us. Uh, it was, yeah, the little it boy was the who Russians. yelled yellow cake and then yelled cyber. Right. Well, and I, so we're, um, we're kind of glossing over a little bit of what happened there because uh, we even knew at the time back then that the intelligence community was nowhere near as convinced that it was an administrative decision to push the line on the yellow cake. So, yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, we, we had yeah. Rummy back then who was, you know, <laughs> yeah, in, in that that whole era. But uh, <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah. was that was a whole different thing. But uh, I just still go back to the the Sony North Korea thing where I know that, that the administration lied about that, yeah. that connection. So we you know things that other people don't know, Jason. I, yeah. And this one, this one, surprisingly <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> so and, yes. and, and unlike Jason, somebody else, unlike somebody else that makes that statement, Jason just told us that information. <laughs> Call me drunk. Right. I am drunk. Wait, he didn't make us wait a few days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, Next Tuesday or Wednesday, it'll be. I will tell you things that I know. Uh, see, right. I should if I'd have put it in a tweet, then I could be on the administration right now. That's Pretty true. much. Pretty true. much. All right. Yeah. Moving on, um, we have a story about ransomware on TVs. 
I just found this funny. Uh, everybody's gotten smart TVs for Christmas, or quite a few people, and then somebody did as well. A family member of software developer Darren Cowthen, I guess you would say. Uh, he uh, That person downloaded an app to watch a movie on his or her LG smart TV, and the device froze soon after. When it was rebooted, it got that wonderful screen that some very unfortunate people have seen on their computers, except this time sideways. Sideways, yeah. This. <laughs> this is the main reason I put the story in. It's for the photo of the uh, screen. Yeah. That <laughs> Yeah, that one gets uh, in. And then the other part I put this in there for because it says uh, claiming in subgrammatical English. I just love that phrase. Subgrammatical <laughs> English. It's almost uh, like a Trump tweet. <laughs> yes, that uh, device had been locked up for uh, your attendance of forbidden pornographic sites and send them 500 bucks to unlock your TV. So this stuff, obviously, as we've moved into the world where the app that you can download for your computer or on your phone is now also on your TV. Your TV is not locked down as well as your iPhone may or may not be. So uh, this is, of course, going to start to happen to your devices that one would not think could be hacked. And this was yeah. an original Google TV device, wasn't it? And it was running like a very early version of Android. Uh, I think that's correct. Yeah, I think that's correct as well. Yeah, so, so this uh, wasn't a new TV that he just got off the shelf. This is an old TV that got, got ransomware on it. Because he didn't patch his TV. He did not patch his TV. <laughs> and how many times know. have I said, don't buy a goddamn smart TV because that's right there. <laughs> Nobody's going to well, patch their TV. Uh, I have a smart TV, and I do do the patches, so that's quite well. And, and luckily, they called and basically just had to do a firmware reset, and they were good to go. So, And it took them a long to... time to get the codes to get the firmware reset, though, because LG wasn't giving up the ghost on the reset code. Well, I mean, first yep. you have to talk to tech support level one, and then that takes five hours because it's seven hours of did you turn it on, did you turn it off, and then you get booted <laughs> up to to level two. But then once they you get to level three, you, then you get back to level one, and you have and to go level back three. Up. They disconnect you, and you can never get back in touch with the person you were talking to the first <laughs> uh, time. Around. Yep. Okay. Good point. Good point. We've <laughs> all been we've down all that been road. Through that <laughs> song and dance. Yeah. The thing that caught my attention was the was the line about downloaded an app to watch a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. With, with no further a... description of, you know, like what, I, I don't what think app it, could it that downloaded be? Well, yeah, I don't think it was the HBO Go app or the, you know, it was it's basically sounds like he sideloaded an app and paid the price. So, it's the Sweden app. We love that. Buyer, one. buyer beware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you going to do? What you going to do? So, uh speaking of the the smart home and the internet of things, the Federal Trade Commission has announced a prize competition. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're challenging the public to create a technical solution or, quote-unquote, tool that consumers can deploy to guard against security vulner- vulnerabilities, in, <laughs> even those, in software on the Internet of Things. Well, at a <laughs> minimum, this tool would help protect consumers from security vulnerabilities caused by out-of-date software. Well, yeah, I don't we'll, we'll get to what we can do in the future on this one, but you know, update your software. Uh contestants have the option of adding features such as those that would address hard-coded factory default or easy to guess passwords. So, uh you can do I guess apparently packet sniffing for admin and blank <laughs> and and deny uh, access to it. Uh the prize for the competition is now get this guys Somebody's going to retire on this one up to $25,000 with $3,000 available for each honorable mention. (laughs) Winners will be announced on or about July 27th, 2017. So that gives you about uh, about 13 minutes to go build your IoT solution for the FTC. Excellent. Well, Well, 25 grand. (laughs) I mean, that's not that's nothing. 
No. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, for something, you know, for this, I, I, Let's I just say, it, one of the, if you, if you ahead. had the skills to build this, uh, you'd be doing illegal things that would make you a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, I did ask around here, and, and one of uh, one of our, our guys here said that it it's a respectable amount as a bug bounty, and that maybe it's intended to be gravy for some startup who's working on a solution that they hope to sell anyway. Um, but you know, for someone to start up, the other thing I I noticed when I was looking through this, I thought, well, maybe this is something that could attract groups of students. Um, so you have to be eighteen to enter, so it will have to be college students. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's silly. It's hard to fault them for trying, but I, I just yeah, well, it, it kind it, of is because this is just this is just you know wasting bandwidth. Honestly, this is just wasting bandwidth and twenty five thousand dollars of uh, taxpayer money that somebody's going to win for some you know just slap together thing that just beats everybody else. It's it makes no sense. Sounds <laughs> like we should put in an entry, Jason. I think we should too. <laughs> Uh, you know what it is? It's a, a <laughs> it's a sticker that you that we send out to everybody exactly. that bought a camera that says update your damn camera and add or minutes. you know I was gonna say that yep is your item from China do not connect <laughs> oh right. sorry Jason little, little follow up on my cameras <laughs> a little follow I did take out I did take out the Chinese router which we'll talk about later on in the show but uh, I did have a security professional try and get into my system and he could not get to my cameras so. I am I, I have DMZ'd my cameras properly. Granted, okay. I am in the point zero 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 one percent of the public who knows how to do that. So what what could he get to? Uh just basically my main he could do port scans on the main machines, but okay. that's about it. Oh, and here's the one thing that I, f- I figured out because I gave him I gave him my IPv6 address and my IPv4 address. I'm on Comcast slash Xfinity for my home router. If you go to anybody's home router that has uh, that you can you know find the IP address for, the software on the router gives you a list of every device connected to that router. Nice. All my my phone with the name, all my uh, my Apple TV, everything that is connected to, to that router, you get a list of it right on the home screen. And I I, I actually connected through a VPN and backtraced to it to make sure that it didn't know that I was coming from the same IP. And yeah, <laughs> it shows you everything on the network. I'm so like someone from wait, wait, wait. So let's back up here. So someone from the outside can come in. They can load they my IP, IP address in a web browser and see everything on my on my network. So basically you're handing them a map to where to start. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good times. Well, thank you. Thank you, Comcast. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, who's that, that? I mean, is that something you can disable in your router? No. Wow. That's the crazy part. You cannot turn that off. And I've got admin on my router. Yeah. So I don't know really how to how to get around that. <laughs> well, a friend of the show, Fergal, sent what may possibly be a solution. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over at Norton, they just debuted at CES something called the Norton Core, which if you were looking for a router that made you look like you were in the 1970s version of Battlestar Galactica, this is the one. <laughs> it really does. And I was just watching <laughs> yeah. Battlestar over the break. Either that yeah. or a big fan of uh, Epcot. Yeah, we, damn right. It totally looks like Epcot. There might be a, <laughs> Disney might come knocking on their door pretty soon. Um, yeah, so they have a they have a router they're calling the Core. This is a good one to potentially win that twenty five grand we were just talking about. They are billing this as the solution to the Internet of Things problem, a smart router that will be constantly uh, taking a look at your entire system and keeping it safe and secure. Um, 
there are some spec sheets going on here that I haven't delved too into, but uh, we'll see and hear more about this. Uh, you know, now that Apple's gotten out of the router game, this could be interesting. Uh, this is something that I might be looking to purchase in the future. I, I'm, I'm going to get one. I mean, it's not cheap and it looks no. kind of dorky, but yep. <laughs> um, the, the deep packet inspection that it's doing and all of the other stuff. The, the only downside is that you have to buy a subscription to Norton Antivirus. Right. Yeah, you get, which is you get the a first load of year crap. for free. You get the yeah. first year for free, and then it's ten bucks a month. Just like a meth addict. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of it's like protection money, right? <laughs> it is. Well, literally, it is protection money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I do. I get. I get where they're coming. Your network. I get where they're coming from. They've got to pay for the research to keep the updates going on and all that sort of stuff. It, to that sure. degree, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, I for a three hundred dollar router, I want a little bit. I want a little bit of extra juice. Sorry. And they, and they don't want to well, sell you a router that if you don't bother to update and you're not getting the most recent stuff, then don't, no longer works. That looks bad for them. So they're promising that we'll keep this updated for you by continually sucking money out of your wallet. You get the yeah, <laughs> you get the first year for with the purchase price. And it seems reasonable to me for 10 bucks a month to know that your router is uh, up to date. You know, that, that's not that's not a that's not a nutty amount of money for that kind of uh, protection. Well, and, and, the, and the ten dollars isn't just for the the router. It's it's you're getting the full you know software package for all of your devices. As well, well, here's the thing. That, so. it, well, you right. don't have to install Norton on your devices, which is worth ten dollars a month to me for because running Norton on any of my computers is a no go. <laughs> ever it is the i'm sorry antivirus on my machine has never worked i lose i've lost so much time figuring out why is everything crashing why am i even on on the pcs why am i getting a blue screen brand new hp laptop i bought out of the box blue screened on boot D deleted norton worked fine so i love that i love the fact that in our grumpy old geek security segment jason is saying do not ever put any security software on your <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> so that's the end of security as we know it, I suppose. Don't click on stupid ass attachments right. and go to dumb websites. I, I By the way, if you want to see everything on my network, here's my IP address. <laughs> well, 2017's off to a bang, isn't it? Right. Here we go. All right, moving on. <laughs> oh, Let's talk about a little bit of surveillance. Uh, the Why EFM. bother? <laughs> <laughs> I've already got all my windows open. I, you can just check whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> you do yeah, have a, a you have a big dog, so you got that going for you. See, that's what. <laughs> screw the net. I don't need Norton. I got Bam Bam. She's yeah. gonna protect my email. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Bam Bam. Bam Bam runs my DMZ. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So this is the EFF surveillance and self-defense page, and they have overviews, tutorials, and briefings on very many different things about how to keep yourself safe on the internet. Hey, first up, how to not God. listen to grumpy old geeks. <laughs> they need a logo designer. That's all I got to say. Uh, looks like a set of inverted balls. <laughs> it's a very. I actually saw I saw martini olives there. The uh, yeah. Martini olives that. and really bad meth that. teeth. That's yeah. <laughs> I thought it sort of looked like the old 1950s, you know, atomic little orbital kind of thingies, you know, little, right. little because we had we had many atoms. atomic keys back then. Yes. Well, just the top half, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So, so everybody, that, but... you have to send your money to the EFF <laughs> so they can keep this going and hire a new logo designer. <laughs> I think overall, it's fair to say that uh, we love the EFF and the things that yes. they do. Yes, uh, definitely do. worth supporting. 
Uh, and this is a great resource. It is. There's a ton of stuff in here just for on the basics. If you just want to learn the basics, go for it. Yeah, this is a great thing. To I, I should to probably friends. read this. <laughs> they might they might mention something about installing, I don't know, security <laughs> software on your computers, Jason. Right. Exactly. I, I, you know, I, I, I do have AVG on here. I just have a problem with Norton. Norton always crashes on everything okay. I've ever installed it on. Okay, you did not specify that when you made your initial statement. I know, I know, but I do have AVG <laughs> on my computer. All right. Okay. This is well, a great thing if you want to, you know, sit, this it, when your friends and family ask you, you know, what what can I do. Um, or, you know, what, what are some of this, if, if you have people who are feeling anxiety over the, uh, over the election or, you know, what's, what's to come with our new administration and people are asking, I know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been asked by more than a few people for my opinion on how do I protect myself, you know, against, uh, what, what may come, um, if anything, this is a great place to start. There's a great link to send them. It's straightforward. Actually, no, it's not, a gr- it's not a great link to send them. Because they're never going to do it. What you have to do is you have to go here and you have to memorize it. So you can then, you can just read back to them what they should do. And then you will just baffle them with no, bullshit just, and then give them the URL. And then they'll just say, shut up, I'll go to the URL. And it, they might actually go to it. But as we all know, that won't work either. Because what we actually have to do is you have to go to their house and do it all for them. Yeah. And then you have to be their tech support 24-7 moving forward so that they remember how to keep themselves safe and not screw it all up. So I send them my private key, right? That's how I get my PGP email back? I give them my private key? And then they send me <laughs> back the public? I don't know yep. how this works. I, I press for. the button and it goes and I get my yahoos. All right. Our first segment <laughs> went off the rails, but hey, that was fun. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been fun. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Talk to you soon. (laughs) See you next week. At the library. We were gone for a little while, so I got to read some books. Okay. I read, well, I started off with Nexus by uh, Ramez Nam. Oh, yes. I read this whole series a while back. I'm glad that you finally got around to it. It's great. I loved it. I said it was good. Yeah. You should listen to me. Well, I did. So it was in my it was in my to do list from way back when, and I finally got around to it, and I binged it. I you know we talked about not doing that, but it was so good. I I all three of these back to back, and they're not they're not we they are not we books. Uh, they're not we, but they're not they're not rough reading either though. They're 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 they're, they're you know they're kind of popcorn. So they are popcorn, I, but the the two the book two and book three are about twenty four hours each. Right, so yeah. it was a you know it they're basically the same size as the Washington biography. So, but man, I love them. They were, they, yeah, the, were, they were very Daniel Suarez, but like, you know, just a different take on it, but very well done. I thought they were fantastic. I keep waiting to see if he's going to write any more fiction and, and have not seen anything yet. So he seems to be doing more nonfiction and some, a lot of speaking at the moment. Yeah, I think he's cashing in on the speaking because you make a lot more doing that than writing books. Of course you do, because who reads except for us? Except for us. <laughs> Why we love this segment. No, I'm really glad that you liked it. I thought the it was a really interesting concept on on taking you know the whole interface between man and machine and, and software and drugs and all of that um really interesting yeah it was it was very fun and well written and had had the good action points and uh none really of uh, your general hatred for the love interest side of things no no it was not the the kind of uh somewhat older professor who sweeps in and, and gets like crazy blonde chick or whatever. So yeah, that, which happened is, yeah, that was so. the problem you had with Daniel Suarez's book four. 
Yes. yes Big time. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was right up there on that one. I, it's just such an old trope, and it's been used so many times. Every time I see it now, I'm just like, you're a lazy writer. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's basically a fallback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I also finally finished a book over the break. I dove, dove back into the laundry files after after a break uh, in between them, and I read the annihilate and oh, shit. Now I can't say the word annihilation score. Annihilation score. Thank you. <clears throat> I was like, ever look at a word and have it screw up the way you're pronouncing it because you're staring <laughs> at it, going, "Is that really how is that it's a spelled? nihilist score or annihilation? yeah?" That's exactly where I was going with it. I was <laughs> going to do nihilist. Anyways, I finished it. Um, this is the first book where Bob was not the main character. In fact, he was barely in it at all, and the main character was his wife. Um, I thought that would really bug me. It did a little bit. I miss Bob. I like Bob. Bob's my uncle. Uh, but I enjoyed the book. I, it was, you know, I kind of get it. How many, you know, this is like the seventh book or something like that. It's kind of the same story again and again and again. So changing up the characters helps a little bit. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I was waiting for you to get to this book because when I re- when I reviewed it, I was just like, it it is a different book because the wife is the one that is the protagonist in it. And I actually yeah. liked it more than some of the Bob books. So, yeah, I can see that because it, it was a change of pace. But I do miss I, I miss Bob as a character. I want to know what's going on. And well, I liked her backstory. You got to hear her backstory and her backstory was pretty good. He did a good job with that. I thought. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. The thing that bums me out a little bit is as I finished this one, I looked up the next one and it's a completely different new character. It is. That, it, well, it, it's it's not a new character. They go back to the vampires, the vampire yeah. accountants. Yeah, it's not. It's know. also also a little bit different, but not bad. And I think right. Bob's in that one a lot more. Okay, I'll 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 continue on shortly. But you still um, haven't I, read the Bobaverse book that I gave you. So. I have not. I have not. Uh, so if you if you are if you are needing some Bob in your life, I recommend <laughs> taking some time and go reading the Bobaverse book one. All right, I, I will check into that. And then I got a book for uh, from my mom for Christmas. Uh, I love this book so far. I have not finished it. This is kind of a this is what Jason would call a shitter book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of pick it up in the shitter and you read a chapter or two or a little bit. So it's called well, I'm a little more family friendly. I call it a crapper read. OK, it's the book of general ignorance, uh, misconceptions, misunderstandings and flawed facts. Finally, get the hevo in this humorous, downright humiliating book of reeducation. It's quite good. Uh, there are a lot of things in there that uh, you just common knowledge that you think is common knowledge and it's completely and utterly wrong. So it's it's fun stuff. And some of this stuff is definitely going to make it into the podcast over time. So I recommend it. No, it looks great. I, I definitely want to pick it up. And in a bit of news that I figured belongs in this section because it's about libraries and librarians, um, two employees at the East Lake County Library created a fictional patron called Chuck Finley, entering fake driver's license and address details in the library system, and then used the account to check out over 2,000 books over nine months in 2016, purely to trick the new system in place in libraries into believing that these books were loved and being circulated to the patrons, thus rescuing the books from the automated purges of low popularity titles. Now, this is fantastic, I think, because they're trying to hack the system to make sure yep. that these books stay in circulation. But that's what they say it is. Yes. The, the interesting side of this is that the the libraries get funding based on circulation. So if they're upping their circulation, that means they're getting more funding from the city or state, which that could is, put this into a fraud category where they're trying well, to get more money. So there's a that, there's a fine line here. 
Yes. Well, this is the why uh, the, the whole story came out because these people were suspended and and actually I think that they had to pay fines and things like that, which wouldn't happen just to save a book from being taken out of circulation. It happens because there are financial repercussions to this. Yeah, there there are big financial repercussions, and they named it they named this this fictional patron Chuck Finley, and you know Chuck Finley is a baseball player, which is what they said, but I like to think of Chuck Finley as Sam Axe. From yeah. the Burn Notice series, who is also Bruce Campbell. So I'm going to go with Chuck Finley is uh, the secret CIA officer is checking <laughs> out books and uh, sitting on the crapper and reading the book of general ignorance when nobody else is. <laughs> very nice. I just love the story. I thought it was very funny. And the financial thing aside, it's very Robin Hoody and save the good books from the ignorant masses. Yeah. And I mean, it is Robin Hoody, but they did raise that their, their funding based on the numbers by 3.6%. Oh, so it's not, a, it's not an insignificant not, not amount insi- of money. Yes. Um, and speaking of a not insignificant amount of money, the New York Public <laughs> Library spent over $2 million on a robotic conveyor belt to bring you your research books. <laughs> <sighs> okay. That's kind of ridiculous. Well, you know, hey, robots are taking jobs everywhere. So $2 million. They could, I, I'd imagine a librarian at the New York Public Library probably doesn't make that much money. You probably could have funded one for their entire career. Well, that and if you look at this thing, it looks like it's made from Lego Mindstorm. It kind <laughs> like of that's does. That's a lot actually. of Lego. <laughs> like for for two million dollars, I expect some lasers and some smoke. Some freaking lasers. Is, yeah, this is a little boring. Ups and doodads. My first app of the week is Video Rotate and Flip. Costs ninety nine cents and does exactly what it does. And you know okay. why I got you know why I got this app. Why? Because every now and again on your iPhone, it will still record a video in portrait mode. And right. nobody should ever have a video in portrait mode. It should always be landscape. So I needed to actually shift some things around and flip it upside down. And for 99 cents, it does exactly what it says it's going to do. And I highly appreciate it. Excellent. No snappy name. Just nope. what it does. Yeah. Okay. Video, video rotate and flip. <laughs> I also bought Super Mario Run. I was You I, bought it? I bought it. I paid well, I got it for free and then I paid for the upgrade because I finished the free vert free levels and I'm like, "Ah, eh, it's kind of fun. I want to keep going." And it is kind of fun. It's not worth the money though. It's a, I was about to say I downloaded it for free and actually played it. I'm not a gamer, but I did anyways, and I was bored out of my mind before I even got close to finishing the free levels, so I was like, there's no way I'm paying for any of this. Plus, I also don't understand anything that's happening. Okay, well, I play the, the the most fun for me in the game are the rally version, or like the rally levels where you're going against other people. Those yeah. are fun. Those are a ton of fun. But you have to get tickets, quote unquote, tickets for those. And yes. uh, so you get a bunch of tickets when you pay for it. And then once you run out of tickets, you get like 40 tickets and I finish those. And I'm like, oh, so I guess I got to play the game now. So I start playing the game. And then every time you finish a level, you get 10 more tickets and there's only six levels. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm on level six now. I just started it and I'm just like, ah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bored. That's pretty much it. I'm like, you can play one handed. I'm like, oh well, there's other things I can do for free for one hand. So, what are you oh, gonna boy. do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? And uh, you don't have to pay for that. And that's free. Uh, so yeah, so the Fitbit. I got rid of my Fitbit. I gave it to my brother. He's happy as a clam. And mm-hmm. I gained a bunch of weight because I didn't have my Fitbit anymore. And then nobody. I tried to give away my Apple Watch for Christmas, and nobody would take it for free, which tells you a lot. <laughs> About the Apple Watch. So, yes, I started wearing it again, and I changed the face to the uh, fitness face, turned off all of the apps, got rid of all of the notifications, and I just use it as a watch with the fitness stuff. 
basically the same way that you were using your phone for fitness and all that stuff. And it just tells me when I'm done for the day. That's it. And it's a watch with the weather on it. The weather is honestly one of the most important things. So I can look in the morning and say, it's seven degrees. I should put on another coat. Okay. So that's where the, that, that is where the Apple watch is now in my entire, uh, my workflow. Yes. Okay. It's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, what are you going to yeah. do? Fuck it. No, nothing. Yeah. All right. So I know I, I stopped with the humming and hawing. I already told you you were right. So shut up and move on. <laughs> Uh, we both are uh, enjoying the uh, Amazon Alexa. And uh, the one thing, like I said, when I first got it and I was trying it out, I said to you was, uh, I really want this so it can control my TV. So I can just turn my TV on and off and switch channels. Uh, do the very basic, not, yeah, it does, I don't need it to go into my DVR recordings and start one of those. Just volume, channel changing on and off for my TV. If, if this could do that, I'm very happy and I can control a lot of stuff. In theory, then, the Logitech Harmony Home Hub. In fact, they're marketing it as it's completely compatible with Alexa. The title from Amazon, for the link that I sent to my mom so she could get me a Christmas present because she had no idea what to buy me. I said, I want this, mom, is Logitech Harmony Home Hub for smartphone control of eight home entertainment and automation devices, comma, works with Alexa. Fail. <laughs> Let me guess, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. It, I, it at very basic level, you can kind of sort of get it to sort of control some things. I got it to the point where I could turn a TV on and I could turn a TV off. But that alone took about two hours and I had to reprogram the system by using the old remote because it didn't have it all programmed in correctly. The other problem being that my TV, my smart TV is a toggle on and off. So it doesn't seem to understand that. So anytime that I do anything the first step, and you cannot take out the power on or off step, so if, is is always triggered. So if my TV is already on and I start to do another command, such as change channel, it switches the TV off, then tries to change the channel. It's huh. stupid. It doesn't work. It's not there yet. <laughs> uh, the time that you spent trying to get this thing to work is more that, time than you ever would have spent moving your hand from the left six inches to is, pick up the remote, press the button, and put the remote back down. That is exactly what my wife said to me. She looked at me and said, you have spent half of your Christmas break trying to program this thing. You're an idiot. Return it. (laughs) There you go. I like your wife even more now. I liked her already, but she's definitely she's on my Christmas card er, card list next year. (laughs) Yeah. So do not bother with this. It is not there yet. Uh, I hope that it gets there at some point. I'm sure that we won't need a third party device that I'm sure the people over at Amazon are trying to figure out how to get this to work with smart TVs without any third party device. It is the one thing I still want to have happen. Do not waste your time with this. It was a nightmare. Okay. (laughs) Uh, but if you are looking for something fun to do with your Alexa over the break, uh, check out, let's see, what is the name of this guy? Tink, Tinkernut. Tinkernut. <laughs> Tinkernut's site gives you a step-by-step run-through of how you can uh, basically shove an Echo or an Alexa into a Teddy Ruxpin and control it with Raspberry Pi, and it is creepy as F, as they say. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fun. I th- I dug it. I, he doesn't make the eyes move though, which it was kind of a, a letdown. But uh, well, you know, you probably tried to use the Logitech Harmony for that, and it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> eyes front. My eyes are up here, Teddy. My I eyes turn, are up here. If the eyes are on, why'd you turn them back off? No, if you turn the eyes off, you can't move the eyes, can you? <laughs> this is the conversation I was having with my Harmony the entire week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty sad. Uh, yeah, I just press the button. The monkey presses the button. That's what I the do. Mon- I went back to being a monkey that presses buttons. It's much more satisfying. <laughs> uh, there's another robot uh, from Ubtech. 
It's just or Ubtech. <laughs> it's a Chinese company, and they uh, have a new robot that will also still do Alexa coming soon. Um, it's called the Lynx. It looks okay. fancier than a Teddy Ruxpin with a Raspberry Pi shoved up its ass, and it's probably <laughs> a hell of a lot more money. It looks fancier in that kind of creepy, this is definitely from Japan sort of way. Yeah. Uh, but it's from China, which well, means it's spying on you, too. That's a, <laughs> it means that your new smart router will not let it connect to anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is what every millennial narcissist needs. A fully yeah. functioning smart mirror based on iOS 10, which is so you can look in the mirror and run all your favorite apps. <laughs> Yeah, I saw this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, this is this is beautiful. The guy's just sitting there staring at himself in the mirror, pressing buttons. And I'm just like, ah. So if you put this in the crapper, <laughs> it's perfect because <laughs> you're you're a captive audience. And then you can sit there and, you know, Snapchat from the mirror. He doesn't yeah. say if he has a camera in it or not. But uh, yeah, why would you put that in a mirror, you narcissistic fuck? Hey, Bam Bam. Hey, Bam Bam. She says she's, she agrees with us. <laughs> And finally, there's one thing out of uh, CES that I thought was interesting. Kodak Alaris, which is apparently a company that has branded the Kodak name from them going into bankruptcy. They're bringing back Ektachrome. Okay. Yeah. Film is making a comeback, much like vinyl is. Uh, uh-huh. and to the point where they're actually bringing back Ektachrome, which is, uh, I think, kind of silly, but... Uh, a lot of professionals still use it, and it, it is better than digital. I will say mm-hmm. that after you know twenty years of using it in the field, Ektachrome, and I wish they brought back Kodachrome because Kodachrome was even better. Um, it's it's good stuff. I wish they would have just uh, stopped, not stopped making it. Yep. Media candy. The KLF. They may be back. Maybe. Uh, who's the KLF? Uh, I'll see. You're not aware of them. The KLF is a duo formed in 87 by Bill Drummond and Jimmy Cowdy, also known as the Justified Agents of Moo Moo. They had a lot of super big hits, but they're more kind of jovial pranksters of the music industry, uh, known for doing things like burning a million pounds uh, on an island, um, all kinds of throwing a dead sheep onto a stage at the Brit Awards when they won, announcing that they were quitting the music business. These guys are nuts. Um, they may be coming back, and they're exactly what the world needs right now. I can't wait. If you have, uh, they first off, the music's great. Uh, good luck finding it. Well, you can find it illegally, but because they own their catalog and they decided to never release it anywhere ever again. That's the kind of people they are. Well, there is a link to one of their songs in the article that we linked to. Yes, it's not official, of course. But like I said, you can find it all out there. The music's great. These guys are great. I highly recommend reading up on them. They are uh, they are insane and in a great sort of way. And I'd love to have them back in the world right now. Okay, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the song that I heard, but I can yeah. see how you would like it. Yes, it's, it's up your alley for yes, sure. It is. Uh, so over the break, I had a lot of time to get caught up on a lot, a lot of, uh, movies and films. So we're going to run through these real quick. Uh, we talked about the OA and their, their advertising campaign uh, yes. on our last show. I ended up watching the show. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Did you watch it yet? I will not watch it. I felt entirely justified in not watching it because at first it was, this is the show that everybody must see. And then about a week later, because they were all released at once and everybody binged it, there were a gazillion articles going, what the fuck was up with that ending? It makes no sense. And it was annoying. So oh, see, when I, when it. I, when I went into Netflix, I was, I wasn't going to watch it. And then I saw it had four and a half stars and I'm just like, oh, well then people are watching it and rating it. And so let me give it a shot. And, uh, 
it does have a what the fuck ending. But if you have, have, did you like Donnie Darko? I did. Then you would like the OA. Okay. Uh, You would absolutely like it. Uh, it, It's a little weird in the middle, but I, 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 I went into it very guarded. And uh, by episode two, like, because I, I, you know, I gave it two episodes. The first episode kind of eh, iffy. By the end of episode two, I stayed up and watched six episodes and then had to get up early and watch the other two. All right. Uh, well, maybe I'll give it a chance then. Yeah. Uh, Travelers is another new Netflix series, which I wasn't really looking forward to because I thought it was a TV series that they just repurposed and threw up here. But it's not. It's a Netflix original. Uh, also really good. I watched uh, five episodes last night. Just mm-hmm. going going with my same theory, I'm like, okay, if the the first two suck, I'm not going to keep going. One o'clock in the morning, I had to turn the TV off and go to bed because I had to get up. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, another one that dragged me in. I'm actually enjoying it. It's not it's not a five star. It's a four star. But if you've got mm-hmm. nothing else to watch, it's good sci fi. It's really right. good sci fi. Kill Switch, okay. which is a kind of a retake of the Internet's Own Boy, uh, with Lawrence Lessig talking about Aaron Schwartz and. Uh, security and the things that are happening around us and just copyright and all that crap. Mm-hmm. This is, this is kind of a ghetto version of the internet's own boy. It was decent. Um, it's, it's, it's actually got more of a background on Aaron and more stuff from Aaron, like a lot more of his uh, video and more of his points. It's it. I, I liked it. It's, you know, I give it a three and a half. Okay. Uh, worth watching if you're into the Aaron Schwartz stuff. Uh, Train to Busan, Korea, South Korean zombie movie. Loved it. It was very much like 28 <laughs> Days Later. I loved it. I could not. I, I just watched it straight through. I even had to pee like halfway through it. I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unlock the TV series that we talked about on our last episode uh, about video yeah. games. Yep. It's awesome. Totally okay. love it. Um, I would wait for it to come to Netflix so you don't have to pay the $20 for it uh, mm-hmm. because it's not $20 worth of TV. It's really yep. good, but it is not $20 worth of TV. Um, right. Yeah, definitely. It's eight episodes, uh, highly enjoyable and a really good background on video gaming where it's where it came from, where it's at, where it's going. Thoroughly enjoyed. All right. Um, and you're a Homeland fan, aren't you? I am. I no longer have Showtime, so I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do about that. Sweden. <coughs> yeah, I think I might be downloading the Sweden app for my smart TV and opening <laughs> myself up to a ransomware attack. Just don't put it through your uh, your uh, Logitech <laughs> to your Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm very excited about it being back. I thought last season was fantastic, and they definitely shook things up again, so I'm really interested to see what they do with it. You shouldn't be, because this first episode was terrible. Uh, um, yeah, Mr. Limpet is back, or Mrs. Limpet, as I like to call her. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was a terrible episode, and uh, just has me not looking forward to the rest of the season at all. Yeah, well, yeah, it's one of those shows that does kind of like really, really good season, eh, season, really, really good season. So it might be a eh, season. Yeah, this one, this one is completely different. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What? 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 <laughs> um, who's the special operator guy that we that we everybody loved? Uh, they got tortured at the end of last season. I can't remember his name. It's been so long. It's been uh, like over a year. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, his story in this one is just like absurd. It's utterly oh, okay. absurd. So it's right. it's sad. It's very sad. Oh, Peter Quinn. Peter Quinn. Yes. Peter Quinn's story is absolutely absurd and very much turned me off of actually wanting to watch the rest of it. But, uh, ah. but hey, if it comes from Sweden and it's free, maybe I'll check it out. 
<laughs> okay. uh, Sherlock. Now Sherlock is back, and you watched the first episode before I did. Which I, I did. I was very excited. Well, you have to remember, I binged it. This was all new to me. Most of you have been people have been waiting two years for this. Uh, I just finished watching all of Sherlock about two months ago. Yeah, so. no, I've been. I've wa- I watched it. I watched the first episode the day it came out. So I, I've I've been on the long road with Sherlock. Yeah. And uh, I did so I could I could wait an extra day. So I had the time to sit down, turn everything off. I turned my phone off, turned my Alexa off. I turned everything off and just sat down and watched it. Mm -hmm. And my favorite line is I delete any text that begins with hi, (laughs) which is (laughs) one of the greatest lines of all time. But uh, I adored it. I loved Uh, this new episode and this new season. I thought it was good. I didn't see. I only saw like one or two people that weren't happy about it. Oh, I saw hundreds. Um, Hundreds. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, uh, spoiler. I'm not. Nah, no, no, don't, don't do a spoiler. Do a spoiler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. And uh, the Guardian wrote a really nasty review of it. And then Mark Gaddis came back with a poem <laughs> to an undiscerning critic from Mark Gaddis, which is a great poem. And what I really liked about this first episode was that Mark Gaddis wrote it by himself. Stephen Moffat wasn't involved. And mm-hmm. I thought it was better than any of the episodes that Stephen Moffat has been involved with, because I think he has gotten weak. Uh, I loved his stuff in coupling his doctor who stuff. I hated and uh, I have loved most of his Sherlock stuff, but I always thought it was weak. And then when Mark Gaddis got to write his own episode, I thought it was stellar. And I was laughing my ass off because it was funny. You got to admit that there were parts in there that you had to be laughing your ass off. Yeah, it was very good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was very funny. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very glad it's back. I think we have a new episode coming this week, too, right? Yeah, the next two weeks. Oh, that's great. So yeah. we get a free, we get a free hear, movie every week. <laughs> I did hear that this is probably, unfortunately, the success of Doctor Strange may have killed any chance of any further Sherlock. That's what I've heard. So. I bet that they will do unless season or episode three is a wrap on it. I bet they'll do like a Christmas special wrap up in two and a half, three years. <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. Um, so we had a nice little crossover there of the show that we both watched. And now I can get into some of the things that I watched over the break or actually I should state uh, tried to watch. And probably didn't watch very much of. Uh, you were right about the White Rabbit Project. What, wait, wait, say that again. You were right about the White Rabbit Project. Oh, I was it right. Is, I was right. Is, okay. Yeah. I you I don't have the arguments with you the way that you have with me about these things, Jason. <laughs> well, you because I don't go, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Oh, oh, I was right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, see, you can do that <laughs> if I said that I was going to watch The White Rabbit Project, and I did watch The White Rabbit Project, and I said I wasn't going to watch it, and then I put it on a shelf, and I said I'm never going to touch it again, and screw you for ever telling me that I'm going to touch it, and I took it down <laughs> the next day and watched it all. Then you could say that, Jason. But, yeah, but you know how many times I've moved back to Los Angeles, so. <laughs> I'm expecting you at the door any day now. Um, I'll see you at Finn's so, on Friday. <laughs> so I tried to watch the White Rabbit Project. It's horrible. It, the elements are all there, and if they just did straight up, you know, build build sequences and testing, I would love it. The let's make it a live action and let's script it and let's have actors. Horrible. Well, I, just tell horrible. me, tell me. I want to talk to you about that first episode because that's the only one I watched. Now. When I said Carrie was a big C, was I correct? When she was uh, when she was sitting there shocking Tori over the Italian dinner. I, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with that because I saw that as the relationship between those two and the way that they are in the same way that if like somebody sat down at Finn's with you and me, <laughs> they would think that we hate each other. Right. It's just the way that we talk to each other. They've got that kind of antagonistic relationship with each other. Where I just got how, I got that vibe so from Tori I, at the end that he was just not like that, that. It wasn't a joke anymore. You know, 
I think she probably it probably might have gone too far. But from what I've heard about productions like that, it's usually the producer's fault because they say you need to do it five more times because we didn't get the shot we wanted. He was he was bitching at the producer on that one, too. Yeah. So I think it's the producer and not Carrie. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I didn't I didn't get that impression. I still I like all three of the people. I just hate the way that they're structuring the show. The fact that they're trying to do these recreations with actors is just horrible and it fails miserably. It failed on every level. Keep to the science. Do the if, if if you guys come back for another episode, and of course you're going to listen to our you know advice about this. <laughs> if you come back for another, if you come back for another season, keep it to the science and the real life stuff. Make and get rid of all the rest of that crap, and it might be decent. I watched two episodes of it. The second one wasn't any better. Okay, it, so and here's the thing. You know, the one that really bugged me was Grant and his like you know just idiot portrayal of a, a mad scientist. He can't act. He no, can't they, act at all. But here's his follow. Here's my follow up on that. I heard him on the Adam Carolla show uh, a couple days ago, and I thought he was lovely. I thought he was really smart, fun and easy to listen to. But when I I see him on TV, I want to stab him in the face. All three of them are very, very nice and good people. And I think that they just need to do that instead of try to act. I agree. I thought that was horrible. The other big problem I have with the show in general, and since, you know, people can binge this stuff and you only got the one episode they basically never spend any time together. They do completely separate. They're like their own individual B teams. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just goes off in their own area and does the thing. It's not not a team team effort. And what made them was the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the big problem with the show, um, onto another show that I have a big problem with the grand tour. Uh Oh, you have a, you have a problem with the grand tour. I, now that I've seen six episodes plus then the special, the, the Christmas te- special, which was their big uh, the, n- the one. Namibia one, right? Namibia. That I liked. That two hour special was awesome. It felt like the old show. Yeah. Because they didn't have the same problem that I had with White Rabbit Project. They didn't have the scripted bullshit bits that the regular show always has now. The stupid celebrity thing needs to go. Conversation yeah, that, that court, has to go. That has to go. Conversation Street needs to fucking go. I thought that's Those fun. Are, I, I actually yeah. enjoy that because that, that's basically them reading the news. Yeah, the, the lead-ins and the bits like that. They're really bad scripted jokes. There's all, all the sequences that they go out and shoot now, they're doing the same thing like the White Rabbit Project did. They're doing fake enactments and things like that instead of it just being really what they're doing. Yeah, but and they used to do that on on Top Gear too. That, yeah, but they they did it tongue in cheek, ridiculous, and not as often. They didn't rely on it, and they rely on on it for this show. I think I, it's too much for me. I'm not digging it. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm not going anywhere with them. I love them to death, so uh, I'm not oh, going I'm, anywhere. I'm, I'm still going to watch the show. I'm just bitching about it. Okay, <laughs> you're allowed. <laughs> I will give yeah, that to just, you. <laughs> they're just elements that I don't like. That I I do I did prefer the previous show. Yeah, the, the right. celebrity thing has to go, and they have to get rid of that stupid American driver. It's yeah, ridiculous. Oh, that, yep, totally forgot about that too. It's terrible. Like, don't even bother with it. The Stig was great. That was funny. This is shit. So stop it. Yeah, just get okay. a regular driver and don't even try and in, infuse comedy into it. I would. I, I don't want comedy in the actual track. You know what I want. I want the best driver you can get to take those cars around as fast as they can. That's it. That's all I care about. Agreed. Uh, So Man in the High Castle, another Amazon show, season two now. Uh, There's a link in the show notes uh, from Box. (laughs) Uh, The title is The Man in the High Castle season two is the worst TV show of the year. It's January 5th. (laughs) And do you agree with this? I think that this headline can probably stand through December. We'll we'll see, but I'm pretty on board with this. It's fucking horrible. Don't well, bother. Uh, two episodes in, I gave up. No way. I'm not going to watch this piece of shit. I didn't make it past the pilot. 
You know, I watched the first season pilot and I'm like, this is, they don't know what they're doing. This is terrible. And I know a lot of people that had a problem with, with watching it saying, um, I'm trying to find somebody to root for and I'm rooting for a Nazi and this just feels disgusting. It gets weird that way, but I still, at least the first season, once you get past the pilot was kind of rooted in some sort of reality until the season finale. And then there's the whole, I'm not going to get too into it, but season two just, it, have you ever watched a show and then the next season kind of destroys the entire fabric of the universe of the first season? Yeah. And it just, I, it, it, nothing it no comes to mind, any, but yeah, I'm sure I have. Yeah. It just betrays everything that the show was and it doesn't make any sense and it's just crap. And uh, again, the showrunner left. So it's a new showrunner running the second season. It, That's right. Just, Cause they thought that the, that all of his assistants could run the show without him. <laughs> Exactly, and they didn't want to pay for him, so they got rid of the main guy, and it's it shows. It's horrible. Don't bother. Yeah, but also, he wasn't that good to begin with because I didn't think <laughs> that the first season was even worth it, so what are you going to do? You're damned yep. if you do, damned if you don't. You're still going to the, you're still going to the gas chambers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured I'd have something a little, <laughs> little more uh, punchy to say about that one, but that's uh, okay. You know, it's first episode of the year. I'm trying to stay away from the Nazi humor. <laughs> So uh, my last one is a shout out to Sarah Michelle Gellar because I love her to death. I've always loved her because I was a huge Buffy fan. And uh, there's a Daily Dot article where she uh, explains why a Buffy revival is a bad idea. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you're a Buffy fan, I don't want to even just drag it on because most people aren't Buffy fans. (laughs) But uh, go read it and uh, find out why that there will never be a Buffy revival. And I am so okay with this. Buffy ended perfectly. On a, and it, I still think about the end of Buffy because it was so sad and so glorious and so great for like 18,000 seasons that they did. But it was so perfect and it should never be touched again. It should just be entombed as a thing. Entombed. I see what you did there. Hunting unicorns. Hunting unicorns. This is a new segment for this year. We talk about uh, stocks a lot on the show, uh, kind of abstractly uh, within the tech sphere and things like that. And I've always kind of thought in the back of my mind, we should do a little game um, where we basically just uh, figuratively go out and pick some stocks and we see who performs better uh, over some of our favorites and things like that. So we decided to actually do it this time around. We I found a site called HowTheMarketWorks.com, which lets you set up basically um, – stock market games against each other uh, contests so we set that up uh, gave ourselves ten thousand dollars each to go in and purchase five i said we made the determination to do five stocks um two from the dow and three from you know smaller or whatever not in the dow uh tech stocks and then i our buddy friend of the show mike is doing a control version of the group where he has no tech stocks whatsoever he's basically just durables um so we uh, got our ten thousand dollars uh, $10 trading fee per. So we each spent 50 bucks on trading fees. Um, I actually spent a little more because I didn't do the math right and ended up having to buy like a bunch of stuff a couple times. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. Well, Jason screwed up and uh, I spent a lot. Stuff. I spent a lot extra on trade. I think I spent 150 bucks on trading fees. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, we went then and, and did that as of, I, I believe, well, we opened it up on Monday and I think all of us had our stocks by Tuesday. Um, so Jason, Went with a, a hey, here's what I got. Of, I went with yeah. Cisco, Intel, Nvidia, Netflix, and Tesla. 
Yes, you did. And I went with Microsoft, Apple, Sony, uh, Electronic Arts, and PayPal. And uh, Mike, the control group, is uh, Citibank, Caterpillar, Johnson & Johnson, Stryker Corporation, and Berkshire Hathaway B. Stryker Corporation sounds like a bad 80s like uh, hero villain type of thing. I'm Stryker. It sounds like what the, the evil guy from Cobra Kai and uh, would have would have started a company name. Because that, it's right? Stryker with a Y. Yes, it is. That's why, because cool. it has a why. <laughs> yep. So we all went in and made our purchases. And what we'll do is we'll check in once a month to see where they're at in terms of how they're performing against each other, with the winner basically getting a six pack of beer from the two losers. There we go. That's, uh, that's the in. way it's going to work. So as of today, when we're recording the show, and this is Thursday the 5th, I'm currently in the lead. Yes. So. This does not surprise me. Yes, it's a point. I've lost 0.03% of my portfolio. Jason's down 0.65, and Mike is down 1.60. So, ah, so much days. for that control. Okay. <laughs> yes, so far we're, we're kicking his ass. So, so we'll see, and we'll check in more on, on this as we go along. Just a little fun thing. You can play along if you'd like to. Get yourself $10,000. Go sign up over there. Start your own portfolio and see if you kick our asses. Yeah, and, and they, it has to be evenly distributed. We distributed uh, the cash evenly across all five stocks. Yeah, as much as po- as you as close could. as we could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah a so, minimum of fifteen hundred in each stock. So, so while we were coming up with this idea, I was going to buy Twitter stock, and Brian's like, "No, you have to pick two from the down. You already picked three of the other ones." I'm like, "Ah, shit." Okay, that would also again be because Jason didn't read the rules when he started. Picking. I didn't understand the rules because I don't know what the fuck's what with stocks. I don't. I'm, I, I, this is like me playing fantasy football for the first time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I I'm just like, ah, I wanted to get Twitter, and because uh, I think Twitter's going to rally this year. So I made a side bet with Brian, mm-hmm. and so I I actually physically in the real world actually spent money and I bought 18 shares of Twitter at $16 and 33 cents at the end of one year. If I have made money on Twitter, Brian owes me a six pack. Yep. And because I was a little bit worried about Jason actually winning this and I would be pissed off if he actually made any money. I also purchased 10 shares of Twitter. So if I do lose that, I'll, you I'll cheater, that. you I cheater, cash, <laughs> I will cash that out to pay for your beer. <laughs> you motherfucking cheater. Why is that cheating? I, I picked up 10 shares myself just to, you know, just in case, just in case you got a winner on your hands. Yeah. And by the way, I bought it 1633 and it's now at 1709. So I'm up. <laughs> Wait, it's early days, Jason. You got a year. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and speaking of which, I have a link in the show notes on Vanity Fair. Uh, will after Trump will Twitter wither by Nick Bilton. So it's an interesting read and see if Twitter is going to make it. Well, we got another four years of uh, Trump Twitter. So, and now he in in about uh, what is it, uh, fifteen days? He will be moving to at POTUS, which just makes me sad. It makes yeah. Well, I don't want to lose listeners this early in the year. <laughs> Have you listened to the rest of the show? Too late. Oh yeah, yeah too late. Moron of the week. Our first moron of the week for 2017 is. Uh, 28-year-old Anthony Armour, a.k.a. 8-Booth. 8-Booth. Um, <laughs> apparently, he makes his living jumping into pools on YouTube. Hey, man, if it pays the bills. Oh, wait, uh, apparently it doesn't. Apparently, he doesn't because uh, he screwed up and shattered both his feet while trying to jump into a hotel swimming pool from three stories up recently. And uh, now he started a GoFundMe page to pay for his medical costs. Hey, man. If you fuck up, get everybody else to pay for it. That's the American way now. Yep, that seems to be. If anything goes wrong in the world, you uh, go off and get other people to pay for it. Of course, that does appear to be the Republican health care plan, to be fair. 
Uh, okay, now you're getting now you're getting deep in it. Um, so he's looking for one hundred and twelve point two thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on his GoFundMe uh campaign, he has reached two thousand one hundred and thirteen dollars as of right now. I just checked it this instant, and that's uh, he's got a bit to go. Yep, screw him. Well, that two thousand dollars will pay for some hospital jello for sure. I did not watch the video because I do not. I have broken my ankles many times and my legs many times, and I don't even need to ever see that kind of thing, especially from being a dumbass. Yeah. Brick a brick. Since we are coming into the 2017 dystopia, I would like to put this website forward. Uh, would I survive a nuke.com? Let you put in where you live and the uh, population area and uh, the size of the bomb that will be dropped on you to see where, uh, if you're going to make it or not. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, this this crawled across my page courtesy of a friend of the show, Dr. David Teeter, and I think he had a comment along the lines of scarily accurate. I'm going to go cry now. Uh, yeah, since he is the <laughs> nuclear guy, um, I actually have one of the one of the best gifts I've ever gotten from him is a it's a circular slide rule on nuclear fallout and devastation based on megatons and things like that. I love that thing. And it's just I keep it up in my uh, on my shelf. To remind me that uh, shit can get real at any time. Life is fleeting. Life is fleeting. It is. Yes, it really is. It's like, <laughs> don't get attached to anything calculator is really what it is. Uh, and I've got uh, I've got a sad story for you millennials that don't like to pay for anything. Uh, January 1st, 2017. Happy Public Domain Day. Here's what you could have gotten for free this year. But thanks to retroactive copyright term extension, you don't get for free and you have to pay for Um these things include uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Rabbit Run, the film's Magnificent Seven, and The Time Machine, most early episodes of The Flintstones, the musical Camelot, and many, many more at this link. That would have been completely free, but uh, because of the copyright term extensions, not a single thing on this list is free now. Okay. Yay. Good times. Yay. <laughs> uh, interestingly uh, enough for you, it would have included uh, some of Dr. Seuss's stuff. Well, not for me. And I don't. My dad doesn't work there anymore, so... Ah, okay, sorry. I, I still have my Dr. Seuss on the wall in my studio, and I love it. Yes, yes boob- I have it in my son's room. So, yeah. Yes, the booby trap is the one I have, which I hope is not in your son's room, because mine comes from World War II, talking about soldiers, why they should not uh, bang strange women, because they might get STDs. No, I have sneeches with stars. Yes. And no stars upon stars. <laughs> mine is uh, snatches with stars. <laughs> oh, boy. Show title. Uh, this playful lab in a box will teach you how to reprogram life. Amino Labs is a lab in a box that allows anyone, uh, basically non-biologists, to learn how DNA can be used to program living systems to create things. And what like we are fond of saying, <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Sorry. We are now I, three- stepped on, I stepped on it because I hadn't actually looked at the story. <laughs> we are 3D printing the apocalypse. Thank you very much, people. Oh, God, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Way to go, people. Um, uh, and we, we shit on VR all the time, but a Blade Runner fan has gone back and recreated Deckard's entire apartment in VR. Okay, Somebody uh, needs to get laid. I was about to say, I wonder what this Blade Runner fan does for anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's building a replicant as we speak. There are VR stains on the couches in Deckard's place, I'm sure, at this uh, point. 
Oh boy. And courtesy of Science Alert, uh, I just found this somewhat unbelievable. Uh, you know, we think we're, we're now creating and programming life in a box, yet we don't even know what's inside ourselves yet. We apparently now have a brand new organ found in humans. This is real. This is not fake. It's called the mesentery. It's a new organ found in our digestive systems, long thought to be made up of fragmented and separate structures. Recent research has shown that it's actually one continuous organ. We know about the structure, yet we still do not really understand what it does. Great. <laughs> so maybe somebody with that lab in a box can create one that walks around and talks and can tell us what it can does. Tell us what it does. Hi, I'm from your gut biome. I'm here to tell you what I do. <laughs> I am Jack's mesentery. Checked mesentery. Here's your show title. <laughs> Feedback loop. We have a new Patreon sponsor, Dana Wolf. Thank you very Ooh. much, Dana, for supporting us on Patreon. And we recommend everybody go support us on Patreon so we can still keep bringing you this high quality content in Jack's Mesopotamia or whatever the fuck Jack's got nowadays. <laughs> jack's prime delta is that what we're <laughs> shooting for there <laughs> anyways uh yeah thank you so much dana and we do appreciate the patreon subscribers as you notice there is no sponsor for this episode it's just you guys so we are really doing it with your help uh we have a bunch of itunes reviews thankfully uh all of them are five stars this week so we didn't piss anybody off in the last few episodes uh the first is from clue and vaz what do you think i think it's clue and vaz clue and vaz your single listener from sri lanka Sri right. Lanka, not Siri Sri Lanka. Lanka. It's not Sorry. Siri Lanka. <laughs> oh, you've, been, you've been playing with your iPhone too much. I think so, and I didn't watch uh, Indiana Jones recently either, so that's a problem. Uh, hey, guys, I love the show. This is probably the best tech podcast on iTunes right now. I also listen to every episode available. Evil smile. <laughs> uh, you're a brave man. P.S. Told all my geeky friends to listen to GOG. P.P.S. Your haters are the reasons why aliens don't visit us. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. I agree. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, if we ever go to Sri Lanka, I would love for uh, us to have a beer because I, yes. I, I, I love that part of the world. Yes. So our next one comes from you wrong. You rang. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> you rang. Now I get it. Oh, my God. You didn't get that. I didn't get it until I read it. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> I, I was coming fun. from Sri Lanka. I thought it was another ethnic name. Jeez. <laughs> I cracked up the day you posted this in here. <laughs> Okay. Not just another tech news podcast. These guys cover way more than tech news. Each episode spans a spectrum of topics with just enough details included to explain the story or make the point. The shows are fast paced with plenty of humor and sarcasm. Often is not at their own expense. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Way to sum it up. I think that's going to be our new iTunes uh, uh, description. Good. That's a pretty good one. Uh, our next one is from Grumpy AI. <clears throat> <laughs> not grumpy grumpy machine learning okay uh old geek great podcast the only one i listen to thanks for finally looking up the definition of ai it was starting to become a little embarrassing you haven't read kurzweil uh, i've read tons of kurzweil i have also, not, you really yeah. also you really need to watch halt and catch fire so uh, I i'm trying to mark Cantor was on and uh he he recommended it but mark's kind of a loon so i'm still not on on board with all of his recommendations i love him to death but he is a bit loony but if you're recommending what? it i'll give it a shot what that episode we did with him is totally normal he's not loony at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i only had to cut about seven hours of conspiracy theories yeah <laughs> yeah that was a long recording session uh this next one comes from sj baez uh great show this show is very funny and entertaining and there was a bacon emoji in it so way to go nice. sj baez love bacon thank you uh our next is from jossie 
JC. Okay, Jay-Z. I don't know. No, uh, JC, come on. Thank, thanks, Cyberwire. Mr. Dave Bittner brought me here. At first, I was shocked at how salty and grumpy these old <laughs> geeks were. Well, we do tell people that in advance. Uh, but once I got used to that, I found the material surprisingly dense and not full of fluff and BS. Side note, I would totally get rid of that Chinese raptor. So when I read this, I literally did a spit take with my coffee. <laughs> I was uh, just like, unfortunately, I didn't hit my Chromebook, which I have since given away. But uh, I also didn't spit on the Chinese router. But the Chinese router is gone. <laughs> and thank you, JC, because this really made my morning when we got it. Yep, you saw that, but didn't get you ring. I I totally see. I know, I know. Uh, okay. So we got some from the website. Brian West writes in and says, I bought an Aluma Bowl. It's awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. I highly stand by the Aluma Bowl. When you have to go take a leak at night and you don't want to hit the lights and keep your, you know, your night vision on, when you lift up the lid and it, there's a beautiful glow from the pot, it's awesome. <laughs> for 20 yeah. bucks, you can't go wrong with an Aluma Bowl. Yeah, unless you actually have a lady in your life. They tend to frown on these things. Uh, no, that's not true, because I bought one for my roommate, who was a lady, and she loved it. I said 10 to, Jason. Ten okay. To. It depends on if you do the right coloring scheme. I suppose that would matter, yes. Our next comment is from L Train. One would assume a New Yorker. As I was listening to security section of episode 190 about Yahoo having billions of accounts hacked, I started thinking I had a Yahoo account for years, and their security sucks ass. Which email service do you recommend? Well, Brian, you use your own email server, which I think uh, after doing security audits on you probably isn't as anywhere near as uh, hack proof as using somebody else's. Um, I use <laughs> Gmail for everything nowadays. And also uh, Proton Mail is out there, which is fairly cheap and fairly secure and has been vetted by uh, this, the, uh, the community, as it were. Yep. So, But Almost, I, I still uh, stick with Gmail at this point. Well, yeah, almost everybody I know uses Gmail at this point. So, yeah, they're, they're taking over the world with it. And honestly, I I try not send anything over email if it if if I'm worried <laughs> about anybody reading it. Don't send yeah. it over email. Yeah, don't don't nothing nothing secure. Carrier pigeon. Get yes, get carrier. a Trump, get a Trumpian carrier pigeon and move move on with it. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna market a line of carrier pigeons that have crazy like orange hair. <laughs> We're going to dye pigeons orange. <laughs> that's that's where we're going to make our money in 2017. We finally found it. Okay. Friend of the show, Grim Harrison, writes in, This seems like an actually useful invention, and it is the Foldy Mate, F-O-L-D-I Mate dot com. And <laughs> well, we, we, had, we, had, a very, we had a very vibrant uh, Twitter conversation about this. <laughs> Yes, yes, we did. So you can scroll back in and see that if you'd like to. Uh, thanks for sending that in and bantering with us about it. And I still think you're insane. It's, a, a, it's a machine that basically you stick in your clothes and it will fold them for you. Yeah. And basically the target price is 700 to 850 dollars. You might as well just have a kid. <laughs> well, unless you're going to put your kid into slave labor or. Uh... <laughs> well, that's what they're for, Jason. They're called errands or. <laughs> Brian, Brian, I think you've made it for all the wrong reasons. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. Closing shout outs. Well, 2016 didn't go out quietly, even after we finished our last show, uh, kept killing off people left, right and center. Most sadly, it took out Alderaan. Off- damn that's good yeah uh yeah carrie fisher and then the day later her mom debbie reynolds which is i mean that's a one-two fuck you isn't it um and of course at the very last minute squeaking in 
2016 managed to knock out Father Mulcahy from Rat from Mash. So William Christopher also passed away. I was re- I was surprised about that one because I thought he I thought he was gone a long time ago. But when I saw that, I was I was definitely bummed. I I Me thought too. he was one of the better characters in Mash. Oh, I, I you know I love Mash. It's a great show, and yeah, he was a fantastic character. So, a lot to uh, be sad about for 2016. But hey, New Year! Uh, I have a link in the show notes. Star Wars fans pay tribute to Carrie Fisher with a lightsaber vigil over at Disneyland. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So, and I've got a link to uh, Bright Lights, starring Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, which is the documentary that they fast tracked to get out, and it's coming out this weekend. And I tell you what, if you don't have any tissue handy, do not go watch the trailer. Because yep. I was uh, I was a little blubbering mess after I watched it. It was a it was definitely a it was emotional, and I can imagine. And Bam Bam, Bam, Bam is agrees. getting emotional too. <laughs> but what I was also but what I was also emotional about was that Deep Space Nine. Jesus Deep? Christ! Yep. Derp Space Nine. <laughs> but what I was also emotional about was Deep Space Nine debuted twenty four years ago yesterday. And, uh, well, by the time you listen to it, it'll be two days ago, January 3rd. And I love me some Captain Cisco. So if you're thinking about watching something that has been around for a while, go check out Deep Space Nine, because I still stand by the fact that it is the best Star Trek series out there. No, no, wrong. Yep, yep absolutely wrong. correct. Absolutely next correct. Next generation all the way. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> and uh, Kirk is still the best captain. Mm, well... That's debatable. Uh, <laughs> and that's why Star Trek is, uh, has lasted the test of time, because everything about Star Trek is debatable. Uh, <laughs> and my final closing shout out is to President Obama, who makes his farewell speech here in Chicago on Tuesday. So, uh, For the love of God, don't leave. You know, I don't agree with even half the shit that he did, but man, I'm going to miss him. <laughs> he, he could at least put a sentence together without having to tweet it. He had so much class. He had class. <laughs> okay. The best class, the best words. He had class. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our new home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and keep us on the air. To learn more about all the people who make the show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 191. We have a new Patreon sponsor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, you take two weeks off. I know. (laughs) 